If you're taking notes, the title of my sermon is Defense Against Offense. Defense Against Offense. And today I'm going to be preaching about how to be free from being offended, how to be free from bitterness, how to forgive people, how to get pain and turmoil out of your heart. And I know some of you guys are like, well, I want to be offended. You don't know what they did to me, Pastor KJ. You don't know what they said to me. Wah, wah, wah. And I get it. I get it. However, when you walk in unforgiveness and when you walk in offense, it's not hurting the other person. It's hurting you. You have to get free. When you walk in bitterness, you're hurting yourself. And God can't get things to you and in you and through you and out of you because you're offended. And I believe if you would remove offense, I believe it's the catalyst. I believe it's an attack from the enemy. If you would remove that from your heart, I believe you will be set free under the power of God. Now, question for you. What does a sold out believer look like? What is a sold out believer? Like, like I want you to get a mental picture because when you think of a Christian or someone's on, on fire for God, do you think of someone that's worshiping really hard or singing hard or someone that's up preaching the word or maybe someone that's always friendly and greeting people? What is the symbol or the sign of a mature Christian? And, and the thing is, the reason why we're so deceived in the church and we think this person was godly and then we go to lunch with them, we're like, oh my gosh, you don't even know God. Like, I thought you was a Christian. And the reason why we're so deceived is we measure fruit and we measure spirituality by people's outward expression and their love towards God. Do you know that's the weakest version and it's the weakest metric because you can be expressive. You could just be an expressive person. And if someone else cannot be an expressive person and you think they're not spiritual because they're not falling down on the floor, rolling and crying, it's not like you. So what makes a believer? How do you measure someone's maturing faith? Of course, there's theological stuff, holiness, following God, living obedient, all that. But secondly, you measure it by their life. For an example, if you say something and someone's quickly offended, that's not a mature believer. Because Jesus said, in this life you have offenses, but he said, forgive 70 times 70. So if they're quickly offended, this is probably a baby Christian. Or someone that gets mad easy, or someone that gets angry easy, or someone that has no emotional control. This person is probably not mature in their faith. Someone that's not disciplined, they're not walking into the things of God. This person is probably not mature. So as you grow as a believer, the principles and the oracles of God are to get in your heart and manifest in your life. Which means I struggle forgiving. Okay, baby. Baby, struggle forgiving. But if you're strong in Christ, forgiving should be a reflex. Forgiving should be a reflex. So you have to learn how to mentally and emotionally mature those areas in your life that are broken to be a whole mature believer. And I love it because when it talks about the standards of an elder, I believe that those are the standards of a mature believer. Being sober-minded. Have you ever met someone that's not sober-minded? They're not sober-minded because they're not mature in their faith. So when we measure someone's spirituality, we measure it by how they interpret life. They ride and somebody cut them off. They finna chase somebody down. That's a baby. That is a baby. No, no, you're mature in God when you can stand in peace in the midst of the storm. When you're in the fire, but you can still bless God. When you have control over your emotions, when you, because that's a faith thing. You freak out because you have no faith. Let me say it again. You freak out because you have no faith. 
We saw with the disciples on the boat with Jesus. They started freaking out when the storms came because they had no faith. So once you believe in God and you have faith, then you can stand strong. And something you have to understand is this. You can't fake this. You can't fake it. And some of you guys are like, okay, I'm going to fake my way into the next level. Like, like I'm, 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 I really have no faith, but I'm going to fake it. I really have no discipline, but I'm going to fake it. I'm really not being a disciple of Christ, but I can fake it. I can make it up. I can dress it up. I can cover it up. But the truth is who you are will always manifest. Who you are will always manifest. Truth, no matter how deep it's buried down, will always come to the surface. I remember in my house, I had this wall. And it would have this black spot that would show up. And I'm like, hold up, wait a minute, let me put some Jesus in it. We ain't having that, so I go get some paint, and I paint that black spot. It's gone. I'm like, praise God. Four days later, the black spot come out. And no matter how much I painted it, it kept revealing itself. And then finally, they said, there is some corrosion in your sheetrock. And that's probably not the right term. That's a, that's a vehicle term, but I ain't a contractor, so y'all going to have to bear with me. But there is something wrong with your sheetrock. And until you spray kills on your sheetrock, this little thing is going to keep popping itself out on your wall because it need kill sprayed on it. And some of you guys need to spray, spray kills on your emotion. Some of you guys need to spray kills on your mind. Some of you guys need to spray kills on your emotions and your moods because it's going to keep seeping out. You can't hide who you are. Which means if you want to be mature and strong in God, ready to go to the next level, you're going to have to do the hard work. You're going to have to do the hard work. And how do you do the hard work? I'm going to tell you exactly how to do the hard work. You're going to have to go to the dark room and begin to unpack yourself. One of the things that frustrate me more in the world than can canceling, it just frustrates me, is when people self-diagnose self-diagnose themselves wrong. So you'd be like, hey, so like, what's, what's going on? What's wrong with you? Well, when I was 12, my dad left and I have a father wound, and that's why I do what I do. Now, that could be true, but is it really a father wound? Does that, did that really bother you? Because when all the fathers in the church try to talk to you, you good. So is it really a father wound? Or did you hear a testimony in church and it just sound good? And when you asked, that was your knee-jerk reaction, but you don't truly know what's wrong with you. When I was two, this happened. When I was six, I was abused, and abuse is, tra is traumatic. But is, it, is that the reason why you're not following God? It could be. It could not be. And the thing we have to do, if we're really going to get healed, we have to accurately diagnose our pain and our trauma. And it's a scary thing. Literally, you're going to have to go and unpack all the broken pieces in your life. And as you're unpacking them, some of them you'll set down, you'll set this on here, you'll set this on here. Then you grab one and it's like, ooh, 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 don't touch that. Don't touch that. When I'm counseling, I just start saying things because I'm looking for uh, that sensitive spot. You know when a dog in the corner and it's wounded and you touch his little wound and it, that's the spot right there. That's the place right there we need to deal with because that is bottle capping your whole life. And I want to tell you, you have offenses in your heart that has caused you to walk in unforgiveness, and they're probably justifiable, that they wronged you, they did the crime, they hurt you, they lied to you, they betrayed you. You have the right to be angry, but you don't have the right to be offended. Jesus said, be angry, but sin not. You can't be offended because when you're offended, you don't hurt the offender, you hurt yourself. It's like, it's like 
It's like drinking, it's like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. That don't work. That don't work. It's like drinking poison. I remember one time I was offended at my mom. I said, you know what? I'm going to hurt my mama. She didn't hurt me. I'm going to hurt her back. And I remember it was a cold night. I said, I'm going outside with my muscle shirt and shorts, and I'm going to sit out there all day until she worried about me. I walked outside. It was cold. I was sitting by that tree. She going to come get me. I almost turned into a popsicle, y'all. I then walked in the house. This girl watching Jerry Springer. I'm like, I'm out here halfway dead. She was like, you was outside? Yeah, I was outside. I'm out here then half froze to death. And she didn't even know I was gone. Why? Because I'm going to hurt her. I'm going to get her back. No, I didn't hurt nobody but myself. And I almost had an asthma attack. And we walk around with a fence trying to hurt people when we're only hurting ourselves. We're only hurting ourselves. So let's get healed. Okay, I'm going to give you a couple things that causes you to have a fence. I'm going to preach a little fast. The first thing that causes you to have a fence is the way you interpret things. It's the way. So there was a psychologist, and he had a picture of this circle, and it had dots on it. And it was a half circle. And he showed it to a room of 100 people. And all of them would write in what they felt like it meant or what it was. And everybody wrote, 99 of them wrote, it is the moon, it's Mars, it's the sky, it's stars. And everybody had these lofty answers, it's Humpty Dumpty. And they had all kind of different things that was writing and saying it was. And there was one scholar, this, this, this little guy, no education, no job. He wrote down on his paper, it looked like a half circle and dots to me. And literally... Out of these 99 smart people, the guy that said it looked like a half circle and dots to me was right. It was just a half circle with dots. But everybody else interpreted it as stars and the moon and Mars and this planet and Pluto and Jupiter. They had false interpretation because our human mind is not in a place. It doesn't naturally let something be what it is. So if you walk in church and they didn't speak to you, see, they didn't speak to me because they mad. And let me tell you why they mad. Because last time, see, and I got the, no. Maybe they didn't speak because they didn't see you. Well, see, they canceled dinner because they always cancel on me because everybody, no. maybe they had a family thing come up. Maybe they had to go back to work. Maybe you don't have to interpret life the way you're interpreting it. Maybe it's just in half circle with dots on it. But our human mind is designed to tell ourselves a story. Whenever something isn't complete, we fill in the dots. We fill in the blanks. And what happens is when you're feeling incomplete, you start telling yourself a story. It's because I don't have this in life. It's because I don't have this job. It's because no one loved me. It's because my parents weren't there. Could you be telling yourself a false story because you don't have the complete picture? It may be because you need to pray more. It may be because you need to fast. It may be because you need to intercede for people. But we cannot leave good enough alone. We have to tell ourselves a story. And the problem with that is you will live out of the stories you tell yourself. Let me prove it to you. Somebody else in this world went through exactly what you went through and they got peace. Which means if you don't have peace, it's not the trauma, it's the interpretation of the trauma. What is the story you're telling yourself? No matter what happened to you, you can tell yourself a new story. 
a story of grace, a story of hope, a story of mercy, a story of strength, a story about how God is another in the fire, not you being burned. You can tell yourself a score, the story that you're being scorched, or you can tell yourself the story you're being redefined. Whatever story you tell yourself is the reality you'll live. Let's protect the stories we tell ourselves. Because where data lacks, anxiety attacks. Where data lacks, anxiety attacks. Somebody didn't text you back. See, see they didn't text me back because they really don't want me to come. Really. You're telling yourself this story because the data lacks. The picture is halfway there and you just have to complete it. And what you have to learn how to do is put a period where you always put commas. Put a period. They didn't text you back. Period. You don't have to put a comma. See, because they see. And now you're living out of these stories and you're literally walking around and you feel like everyone is out to get you and they're mad and they're looking at you and ain't nobody thought about you. At best, they was concerned and praying for you. But you can't even receive that because you keep telling yourself the lie. If you have your Bible, go to Luke chapter 17. You guys enjoying this? Luke 17. It says, then he said to the disciples, it is impossible that no offenses shall come. It's impossible. You will get offended in this life or no offenses will come, should come. I can't say you will get offended, but it's impossible for opportunities to offend you to not come. But woe to him through whom they do come. It should be better for him if a milestone were hung around his neck and he was thrown into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. Take heed to yourself. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day and seven times and seven times in a day and seven times in a day returns to you saying, I repent to you, you shall forgive him. After this, the disciples said, give us faith. Because Jesus didn't just say, if they sin against you seven times, forgive them. Jesus said, if they sin against you seven times, times 70, forgive them in a day. In a day, imagine someone just like, you know, you're ugly, and then they leave. And you're like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat that. And then they just do it hundreds of times in a day. You're like, at some point, you're going to get slapped. Like, at some point, you're going to meet the back of my hand. But Jesus said, keep forgiving them. And why would he extend so much grace to them? Why would Jesus say, 70 times 70, your husband offends you, keep forgiving him? Why would Jesus give him so much grace? It was because Jesus was giving you so much grace. Jesus was saying to you, no matter how many times they do it, you keep forgiving because you don't deserve to be offended. They might not deserve to be forgiven, but you do deserve to not be offended. So you have to keep forgiving. Jesus is saying, I'm telling you to forgive them 70 times 70, not just for their benefit, but for your benefit. Because if you don't forgive them then my father can't forgive you. If you don't forgive them, then my father can't forgive you. So no matter how many times they do it, you keep forgiving them because when you don't forgive them, God can't forgive you because what offense does is offense puts a fence around you. And when your fence stands, nothing can leave out of you and nothing can come inside of you. So Jesus knows you're offended. And when you're offended, you're fenced in. 
Peace tries to come, it can't get to you, you're fenced in. Joy tries to come, it can't get to you, you're fenced in. Long suffering tries to come, it can't get to you, you're fenced in. Faith tries to come, it can't get to you, you're fenced in. Anger tries to leave you, it can't leave because you're fenced in. Doubt tries to leave you, it can't leave you because you're fenced in. Worry tries to leave you, it can't leave you because you're fenced in. And Jesus knew something. Jesus knew that if you get offended, to, to, to be offended means to be capped. This is what offense means. It means to be capped. And you look at something. If you look at this bottle of water that's capped, nothing can come out of it. I can pour more water on it. Peace, joy, love, the power of the Holy Spirit. Nothing goes in it. So when you're offended, nothing comes out of you and nothing goes in you because you are capped. So the power of God hits this place. Nothing happened. The word was preached with clarity. Nothing happened. People greeted you. Nothing happened. People, people embraced you. Nothing happened. People complimented you. Nothing happened. And the reason why nothing happened is because you are capped. And you're capped by offense. And if you would just trust God, and if you would just forgive, you would remove the cap of offense off your life. And when that cap is out, you can be poured into the power of God, the anointing of God, the splendor of God, the presence of God. And the beautiful thing about being poured into and not being capped is you can begin to pour out. And I'm going to bless my kids and bless my family and bless my children and bless people at my job. I can pour out and be poured into because I'm no longer capped or offended. But many of us live capped because we don't forgive. Offense will always cap you off. You got people that's bitter from what happened 12 years ago. They talked about you 12 years ago and you're still walking around telling them, you don't know how they feel about me. You don't know what they said about me. You don't know how they hurt me. And you're hurting you now. Nobody wants to invite me over. No one wants to hang out with me. Everybody just looks past me. No one gives me opportunity. You are capped. And if they invite you, you won't even see it because you're capped off. But if you would forgive and remove the cap of offense, God can pour into you. People can pour into you. The word of God can pour into you. And the presence of God can house you if you would remove the offense. You have to remove the offense. I'm going to show you something. It says, Proverbs 18, 19, it says, A brother offended is harder to win than a strong city, and contentions are like bars at a castle. A brother that's offended, he's harder to win. Jesus said, than a strong city. In other words, it's easier to go take a strong city than it is to win over an offended brother. Why? Because he's fenced in. And the fence is not penetrable. Nobody can get through it. And the worst part about when you're fenced in, it's not just fenced around you, it's fenced over you, which means there's a closed heaven before you. That's why the Father can't forgive you. Because heaven is closed when you are offended. I'm telling you, y'all better be glad I ain't got time because I don't really deal with this thing. But I'm going to run through this quickly. Um, Proverbs 4 and 23. I'm going to show you something. It says, guard your heart. Everyone say, guard your heart. Above all else. For it determines the course of your life. In other words, the Spirit of God is saying, guard your heart. Because out of it flows the issues of life. It determines the course of life. You will live out of your heart. You will live out of your heart. You will live out of your heart. And if your heart's not guarded and if offense comes to your heart, you will live an offended life. And it will set your course into brokenness and pain because you're offended. You have to guard your heart because the attack of the devil is against your heart. Yes, it is. 
That's why you wear the breastplate of righteousness. He is coming out your heart. And let me tell you the strategy of the devil. The strategy of the devil is offense. Offense is his tactic. The tactic of the devil. See, his goal is unforgiveness. But his tactic is offense. So what he does is he sows seeds of offense. And the reason why he sows seeds of offense, because if you receive the seeds of offense, they're going to plant and turn into trees of unforgiveness. Now you're living this life with trees of unforgiveness all over your heart because you received the seeds of offense. That's why in the word of God, the Bible says, don't let the sun go down on your what? Don't let the sun go down in your wrath. Why did he say don't let the sun go down? He said don't let the sun go down because when the sun goes down and you go into another day, you give offense time to take root. And when offense take root, it's going to produce 30, 60, and 100 fold. So he is saying quickly remove offense because the next day is going to be harder to remove. The longer you wait, the more it takes to remove offense. The longer you wait, the more it takes to remove offense. So he's saying if you would quickly remove these seeds, they're easy to get rid of. But when it becomes a tree, it's a stronghold now. So if somebody said something to you, somebody said something to you you didn't like. Somebody said something to you. It was a couple of weeks ago. I was in the lobby. Someone was like, why did you like preach that sermon? You could have did this. And instantly, right, it's like, hold on, who are you talking to? You know what I'm saying? Like, who are you talking to? But immediately... I chose to not let offense settle. And I said, well, I preached it because of this reason, and I did it because of this. And immediately I said, I'm going to beat offense. There was a lady in the Bible, and she came up to Jesus asking for something. And she was asking for healing, and Jesus said that if people were at the table, why would the dogs begin to eat at the table? And the lady said to Jesus, she said, even the dogs can eat crumbs from the floor. He said, your faith, I'm telling you, woman of God, your faith has changed things. Your faith is about to bring healing. But check this out. She asked Jesus for a blessing. And he low-key called her a dog. See, you wouldn't have got blessed because you would have got offended. Oh, there, Jesus called me a dog. I ain't no dog. I'm a person. I'm a woman of God. That ain't, that ain't in the Old Testament, Jesus. Yeah. Not no dog. I'm a person. I'm a woman. That's not a lady. And when it started her getting offended, she said, okay, I'll be that dog. Even the dog get the crumbs. And she got a miracle that she didn't supposed to happen because instead of finding offense, she found an opportunity to receive from heaven. You're so busy looking at how they said it that you missed the Holy Spirit behind it and you leave offended instead of free. I don't care how you said, I'm going to receive it. I'm not going to get offended. I'm not going to walk in strife and contention. I'm going to receive the word of God so I can be well. Jesus implied she was a dog. And she said, well, give me some crumbs then, master. I'm telling you, I'm serious about this. I'm not getting offended because I got people that need to be healed. You got people with you and you're like, yeah, they didn't notice me. And now your family's suffering because you are in offense. We're in offense. Um, anybody in here played football before? If you play football, come up here. Come on. Kendrick, play football. Deontay, who else in here play football? All right, Frank, you play football? Come up here. Give me some football players. I need six of them. Give me some football players. Give me six football players. Come on. You play football. Give me six of y'all. I need some football players.
Come on, six football players, come up here. All right. Okay, football squad. Radiant football, what's up? Praise God. We got the Radiant football team in the house. Do a little recruiting. Let me get Kendrick, let me get Frank, and let me get Cameron. I need another football player. Okay. All right. Now, Kendrick, let me get you right here. Kendrick right here, Frank right here beside him. And Cameron, let me get you right here. Now, the other team, can I get y'all to line up in front of them? Line up in front of these, line up in front of these guys. Now, you got to get hike the ball to me. Now, check this out. The Bible says, guard your heart above all diligence because out of it flows the issues of life. In other words, he said, I don't care what happens to your body, guard your heart. I don't care what happens to your job, guard your heart. I don't care what happens to your car, guard your heart. And in the game of football, when you have offense against defense, the most important thing to do is to guard the football. In this illustration, the football is going to be our heart. And what you got to do is you got to protect the ball at all costs. So we're going to do this in slow motion, guys, so I don't knock nobody down. Right in, right in, right in. Blue for the two. Set, hike. Now, at this point, you have your heart. And when you have your heart, the defenders are coming. The enemy is coming in the attacks, and you have to guard your heart with all diligence. And you got to begin to run. You got to protect your heart against pain, against the storm, against doubt, against fear. And you got to walk to the place of God with your heart intact. Because if the defense takes your heart, they take your, they take your strength. They take your opportunity. They take your faith. You got to keep your heart at all diligence. And what you got to do is you got to have an office alignment called faith. You got to have an office alignment called forgiveness. You got to have an office alignment called the proper perspective. I am not letting the defenders get to my heart. I got office alignments to protect me. You got to have a defense against offense. And if these guys will leave out of my life and I begin to hike the ball and I say, blue for two, set, hike. Now these guys can come and attack me. And they can come and take the ball out of my hand because I don't have a defense against offense. And the truth of the matter is, offense, thank you, gentlemen, I appreciate you guys. The truth of the matter is, offense will come into your life. It will. You would have an opportunity to be offended. The question is, will you take offense when someone hands it to you? It's not a matter of will offense be handed to you. The question is, when offense is handed to you, will you take it? Will you take offense? And you got to answer that question. I got a couple things for you. My, um, my uh, keyboard player can come up. I got a couple things I want to share briefly, and we're going to close. Football going to fall. There we go. We good. Man, I feel like I was in my old football days. I was going to run somebody over up here. Uh, <laughs> They said slow motion, but I was going to hit that hole, man. I'm telling you. Um, so, what do, what do we do when we're offended? What are some signs we're offended? I'm going to read you some signs. You're offended. You're offended when you withdraw from relationships and fellowship. All of a sudden, you don't want to come to the hangout no more. You don't want to come to the meeting no more. You don't want to come to church no more. You don't want to come to the family events no more. You don't want to go to the work hangouts no more. When you withdraw from community, you're probably offended. The next thing is, when you deal with resentment, and I'll tell you when to start playing. When you deal with resentment, 
When you resent somebody, you see somebody, you're like, oh, I don't want to see them. And you're on Facebook and they pop up on your t- Facebook messy, right? The person you resent most, their post is always on the top of your feed. I'm not liking that. I'm scrolling past. I'm not liking it. Why? Because you're dealing with resentment. When you feel yourself resenting somebody, you're probably offended. The next one, distrust. You can't trust nobody. I ain't talking to nobody. I ain't telling them what I got. You can't trust nobody. Offended. The next one is betrayal. Betrayal. When you start betraying people, all of a sudden somebody told you something in confidence and now you're betraying them. You're betraying your friends. You're betraying your family. You're betraying your loved ones. And you're walking in betrayal. Usually people betray you when they're offended. Have you ever had a friend and you confided in them and you talked to them about secrets and then y'all got into it and someone got offended and all of a sudden they tell everybody your shortcomings and your struggles because they're offended. When you start walking in betrayal, you're probably offended. It's a good time to check your heart. Unanswered prayers. When you're praying and it seems you can never get an answer from God. God, what job should I take? God, what do I do about this situation? God, why aren't I being healed? God, when are you going to bring me this? And it seems like heaven never responds. You're probably offended because when you're capped off, you're not just capped from people. You're capped from heaven. And if you don't forgive, your heavenly father can't forgive. So if you have unanswered prayers because our God answers prayers, you're probably offended. Number seven is rebellion, right? When someone gets offended, rebellion is their love language. They're going to rebel against church. Like, you know what's crazy? I've literally saw this happen. There'll be someone that'll come to church and they'll stop drinking or stop smoking. And they'll get into it with somebody and all of a sudden they're back drunk and high. You're not hurting us. You're destroying your body. You're destroying your life. You're destroying your mind. But the moment they got offended, they start walking in rebellion. Every time someone's offended, they rebel. They rebel against God. When God offends them, God didn't bless me like he blessed them. I'm going back to the world. I'm, 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 going, I'm getting my ball and I'm going home because I'm offended. Whenever somebody gets their ball and run home, they're offended. They walk back into rebellion. You have a guy, he's doing good, he gets offended. Well, you know what? I'm finna just go back doing what I used to do. Offended. Why would you do that, idiot? That's not going to hurt nobody but yourself. Number seven. That was mean. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have called the church an idiot. <laughs> sorry. I just call you fools. That's what Jesus did. Um, I love you guys, y'all. I'm just I'm joking. Um, pastor was me. I'm playing, guys. Um. Number seven, discord. Whenever you sow discord, whenever you start seeing people turning people against each other, see, you don't know how he really is. You don't know how she really is. You don't know how they are. See, they do everybody. That's discord. And when you start sowing discord, you're probably offended. Why are you trying to separate people? Why are you bringing division? Why are you bringing strife and contention? It's because you're offended and you need to get a heart checkup. Now, we have seven defenses against offense. Seven defenses against offense offense. The first one is love. Everyone say love. love. The Bible says love covers a multitude of sin. In other words, no matter what someone does to you, if you walk in love, it always covers the sin. Just because they sinned against you don't mean you have to be offended. Offenses will come, but you can leave them where they are. You don't have to take them with you. They will always come. Offenses is like when I used to go to the, the high school and pick up my cousin. All his friends came to the car. They're like, can we come too? I'm like, nah, I'm taking him home and I'm going home. Y'all little boys going to have to find another ride. Okay, sometimes I did get the kids. But the point is this. You don't have to let offense ride. You don't have, offense is always going to be at your car begging for a ride. And you can say, nah, 
I'm not going to let you into that offense. I'm going to keep driving, and I'm not giving you a seat in my car. Never give offense a seat in your heart. Perspective. Perspective. Offended people have offended glasses, right? And everything is just through offense. If somebody says something to you, yeah, you know, I was just trying to, what you, you trying to do what? I didn't even finish my statement. You're so offended that I can't even get a phrase out without you getting defensive and attacking me because you have an offended heart. You know an offended person, you can't say nothing to them. Hey, guys, I'm just, huh? Wait, what you say? What you mean? What you mean I did? What you mean? We live in cancer. We live in cancel culture. Our, our, this culture is so easy to offend. If somebody disagree with your beliefs, I'm unfriending you. Wow. You want all your friends to think like you, believe like you, act like you, operate like you? Pastor KJ, I'm defending and avenging sin. Okay? It's just funny how you're so angry about all sin except for yours. If you really want to avenge sin, how about you go to war against yourself? Because I promise we can find some in your life. But instead, you want to attack everyone else's sin on social media and ignore your own. If you want to attack sin, attack yours. Oh, but you don't post about that. You post about everybody's sin. I've never seen anyone say, hey, Facebook family, here's my list of sins. I sin with this and I struggle with that. I struggle with lust. I have a bad heart. I'm offended. I don't forgive anybody. Oh, yeah, and I'm bitter. Have a great day. No. But they post about everybody else's sin. If you want to attack sin, attack your own. Man, I'm getting a little too real for y'all in this series. Number three, forgiveness. Forgiveness, let somebody off the hook. Let them off. It's okay. Let them off the hook. You don't have to. I just need to know why you did that to me. Maybe you don't need to know. Maybe you don't. Forgive. Expect the best. And if you want to tell yourself a story, tell yourself a good one. Tell yourself a good story. You know, they didn't mean that. Maybe they did. Tell yourself, they didn't mean that. They didn't mean to hurt me. They didn't mean to not text me back. They didn't mean to do me wrong. If you're going to tell a story, tell a good one. Number four, faith. Faith is your shield. It's your shield against offense. Use the shield of faith to block offense. Number five, unpacking. I said this earlier. Going through your offenses, diagnosing why did it offend you. See, usually when you're offended, it hits a deeper wound. I was talking to someone, and I remember I was like, yeah, I feel like you lied. I was like, whoa, jeez, oh my. I wasn't even trying to say it like that, but then I realized that they had been called a liar their whole life. So, So basically, I was a new person saying something they had dealt with a long time, and they got so offended because they wanted to avenge being called that. And I apologized immediately, and I said, but you need to go back and unpack this wound of being called a liar because the moment someone mentions it, you go haywire, and you're not a liar no more. You're not. You're a child of God. Now, go unpack that and deal with it. Even if you did lie all the time, just say, you know what? I used to lie, but I don't no more. Quit getting offended over it. Deal with the wound of it because if you lash out, the wound probably still exists. You probably cut the tree down, but the root's still in the ground. Remove the roots because when someone says that, you shouldn't get so offended. And if you do, there is a root to what they said. Uh, number six, confront quickly. You want to know what offended people never do? They never confront. 
If somebody offends you, let's just say there was a birthday dinner or a barbecue and you weren't invited and now you're offended. Instead of going offended and calling everyone in the church and just creating division, you can go up to the person and say, hey, um, I wanted to come and why didn't I get an invite? I mean, if that bothers you, that's better than going to sow discord in the whole church. And they'll say, oh man, I forgot, I didn't even have your number. You're like, oh, okay, no big deal. But instead, you tell yourself the story that they hate you and you walk in offense and then you spread that to everybody and now everybody offended because you never dealt with your offense. And number seven, and I'm closing, keyboard, uh, keyboard player can play. I'm closing right here. Lastly, pray for your enemies. Pray for your enemies. Pray for your offenders. Pray for the people that hurt you. And I know there's a part of you that's like, this monster doesn't deserve prayer. You're not doing it for them. You're doing it for you. You're doing it for you, your heart doesn't deserve to be broken. You don't deserve to walk in shame. You don't deserve to walk in guilt. And as you pray for them, God finds a way to heal your heart. You can't anger yourself through a situation. You can't frustrate yourself through a situation. You, you can't sit here and think all these things. Go have a conversation. Say, hey, I'm hurt. You hurt me, man. You hurt me. There's some married people in this room and you need to tell your spouse they hurt you. You hurt me. When you said that, that broke my heart. You cut some wounds. Let's unpack together. Instead of just getting offended, you know what? I'm just coming home late every night. You know what? I ain't cooking today. He better eat some Chick-fil-A. Little fat self. And now you're all offended. Your mother-in-law said something. You, I ain't going over there at Thanksgiving. You and the kids going to go tell them I'm sick. You're offended. Go and have a conversation. Go and be real. Express your heart. And you would realize 90% of the time, they didn't mean to hurt you, man. They didn't mean to break you. But if you keep walking, harboring this offense, it's going to eat at you. And you have to have a defense against offense because offense is the seed that the devil uses to put unforgiveness in your life. And unforgiveness caps you from heaven. And it caps you from experiencing the grace of God and the love of God. And you walk around broken when you can be whole because you're offended. Don't leave offended. They may try to give you offense, never take it. It may try to ride, never open the door of your heart to offense.